some people think little girls should be seen and not heard. One, two, three, four! People do feel very radically different about gender experience. I mean, that's just like the rules of feminism. That diversity is like the number one thing I think that has to be reckoned with. Agenda with Tanya Ali and Katie Winton. Good morning, you're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio, your Saturday morning fix of art, politics, news and trash from a feminist perspective. My name is Katie Winton. And I'm Tanya Ali. Agenda on FBI Radio is broadcast on Gadigal land and I would like to acknowledge the Gadigal people as the original custodians of the land we broadcast on and pay my respects to their elders past and present. I also acknowledge the significance of Redfern as a place of strength, resistance, knowledge sharing and storytelling for many communities and would like to honour that history. Coming up on today's show, we'll be joined by Emma Rose Smith and Vanessa Lee, who are programmers for Unspoken Word, uh, Words, which is a festival by and for storytellers with performances, workshops, discussions and special events happening from uh, the 7th to the 17th of September at various locations around the inner west. We'll also be chatting to Meriki Hill, Bryony Beckett and Tennille Payne, who are members of a roller derby team called Team Indigenous Dreaming. Super excited about both of those interviews. Uh, earlier this week, FBI Radio turned 15, so for Thoughts That Count today, we're talking about the coolest teenagers that we know. Uh, if you know someone doing really great things, give them a shout out on 0409 945 945. Please text us with the coolest teenagers uh, in your life. Or you can let us know what you were doing at 15, cool or not cool. Um, I was definitely not engaged in anything much as a 15 year old. I was uh, a total rat bag, which <laughs> um, to be honest, like I'm actually pretty happy about the fact that I was a rat bag at 15 because I feel like I got most of my um, like awful years out of the way I well yeah I like to think I'm like a little bit more sensible now but you know who can say um Tanya what were you like as a 15 year old oh I feel like at 15 I was just trying to get by in retrospect I I tend to think I'm pretty hard on my past self and I like I tend to think that I was really set on trying to create some sort of image for myself but at the time I think I was just like really loving what I loved so I was fully obsessed with music um I went to a lot of all ages concerts (laughs) and actually I remember in careers class which was a thing that we were forced into doing at 15 because you know it's really important to make those big life choices really early on (laughs) of course Um, we had to make something of a mood board for our future um and I was really set on becoming a musician so most of my mood board was just musicians I loved but I also put a little FBI sticker on there you're like (laughs) but you're also a musician and you're an FBI presenter so I feel like your 15 year old self would be really proud I think yeah my 15 year old self would be maybe that careers class paid off that is so cute I feel like you and Mari would have been like very cool teenagers (laughs) (laughs) so oh boy I don't know about that But in other news, this weekend, Antidote is taking place at the Sydney Opera House. You might remember that we were joined by Sally Rugg on Agenda a couple of weeks ago, who's facilitating a workshop at the festival. But one of the headliners of Antidote has effectively been denied a visa by the Australian government. Yeah, this has happened in the last few days. So activist and whistleblower Chelsea Manning was set to speak live at the Opera House tomorrow in a conversation uh, with Peter Grest. But yesterday it was announced that the Department of Home Affairs won't make a final decision on Manning's visa application in time for her to travel here. So instead they'll connect her via satellite and she'll be speaking from LA. So the Immigration Minister, David Coleman, has the right to refuse a visa on character grounds. Um, And to be honest, I find that 
kind of terrifying. Yeah. Um, but I think that all of this means that her talk is kind of more important than ever. So if you do have a ticket to Chelsea Manning's talk tomorrow, head along. Uh, you will be able to hear her speak from LA. And I think it's vital that we come out in full force for this one. Also, definitely wouldn't hurt to call or send a letter to David Coleman's office. Uh, Manning is set to speak at Melbourne Writers Festival next weekend. And I don't know if there's enough pressure put on the government, maybe she'll be able to make it over in time for that one at least. Yeah. Um, I don't even know what to say about that. In brighter news, uh, yesterday Kira Peru did a cover of an iconic song by our problematic favourite, uh, <laughs> Katy Perry. It's so good. I've been listening to it like on repeat. Yeah, It is such a mood. This is maybe one of my favourite Katy Perry songs as well. And actually, I was a little bummed out because when I saw her in Sydney a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> no shame, um, <laughs> she did a really weird and short version of this tune and like changed oh, it up. It was it was really? a bad set list move to my mind. But never fear because Kira Peru has swooped in and given us the Katy fix we didn't know we needed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, incidentally, the song is originally on Katy Perry's Katy Perry's album Teenage Dream, which is very relevant <laughs> to thoughts that count today because we're talking all about amazing teenagers. Uh, let's listen. Let's give it a listen. It's uh, This is called Last Friday Night in brackets TGIF <laughs> by Kira Peru. Uh, also, shout out to Ella from Ashfield. This one's for you. You've tuned in to Agenda on FBI Radio. Good luck getting through your day, Ella. <laughs>
Uh, what a good cover. Oh, my that was gosh. Kira Peru doing last Friday night, uh, TGIF by Katy Perry. I feel like I've never really listened to the lyrics of that song before, but she really articulates all of the words, and it's so good. It's so, it's, yeah, it's a ridiculous song. It's but such a, great a dumb one. song. <laughs> and totally hedonistic. And, but also, you know, sometimes relevant. Yeah, yeah, so, I feel like it's definitely yeah. a mood. I kind of feel like this cover is maybe going to be my spring anthem. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm into that. Um, on the topic of great music, uh, the new album from Blood Orange called Negro Swan came out last week, and it is also so, so good. I've, yeah, been listening to it. Yeah. On high rotation. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've been hearing it on FBI Radio all this week as album of the week. And far out, it's definitely the front runner for my favourite album of the year right now. It is so great. And it's such a grower as well. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's one of those albums that you should definitely listen to all in one go at least once um, because it's so it's so special. Yeah, I want to play two tracks from the album. The first one's only 40 sec- 41 seconds. Um, it's called Family and it features Spoken Word by Janet Mock. She's also on another one of the tracks on the album and she's an American writer, TV host and trans rights activist. I heard this for the first time um, last week and got goosebumps because I listened to it in like really close proximity to watching Di Natale's speech in Parliament um, following our, you know, (laughs) ScoMo debacle. So I was uh, already feeling, like, very emotional. Um, But it's just so beautiful. This is Blood Orange featuring Janet Mock uh, with Family, followed very closely by Charcoal Baby. Stick around for Thoughts That Count uh, featuring cool teens right after this. You ask me what family is, and I think of family as community of the spaces where you don't have to shrink yourself, where you don't have to pretend or to perform. You can fully show up and be vulnerable and in silence, completely empty, and that's completely enough. You show up as you are without judgment, without ridicule, without fear or violence or policing or containment, and you can be there and you're filled all the way up. So we get to choose our families. We are not limited by biology. We get to make ourselves, and we get to make our family.
This is Thoughts That Count on Agenda on FBI Radio 94.5 FM. And today we're talking about teenagers doing really amazing things in honour of FBI Radio's actual 15th birthday, which just happened this Wednesday. (laughs) For our 15th birthday, FBI collected a bunch of super cute messages from different presenters, volunteers and people who work at the station. Everyone recorded a little message about a song that they were listening to at 15. Yeah, it was really lovely to listen to, like, all of the messages from different people. I caught Caroline Gates' one where she played PJ Harvey. Caro is forever my hero and it was so nice to hear what the station means to different people and why it's important. Um, Personally, I'm like super grateful to FBI for giving us a platform to talk about intersectional feminism each week for an hour. Yeah, it's, it's, I I feel like I could just talk about (laughs) (laughs) what the station means to me, but you know, it'll be too emotional. So, um, (laughs) Tanya, do you have any songs that you were listening to at 15? Uh, I was deep into music by white Australian female singer songwriters because that's exactly what I wanted to be. (laughs) 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 So, your Lisa Mitchells, your Sarah Blasco's, that kind of vibe. And I was really obsessed with Megan Washington, who I still absolutely love. Um, What about you, Katie? Oh, mine was a weird mix. I was like super into Peaches and La Tigra, but also like Bright Eyes and Peter Bjorn and John, and sometimes like some very bad screamo, (laughs) which we definitely don't have to go into. Um, But maybe we can talk now about some teens doing some really um, inspiring things in their lives. Yes, for sure. Um, Amanda Stenberg is a 19-year-old activist, singer,
singer and actor known for her roles as Rue in The Hunger Games and Madeleine Whittier in Everything Everything. She's spoken publicly about her queerness and gender fluidity and is a strong advocate for intersectional feminism. She's also achieved the highest of life goals, <laughs> being interviewed by Solange for Teen uh, Vogue. Imagine being interviewed by Solange as a teenager. Like, <sighs> where do you go from there? <laughs> That's it. You, you picked. Uh, another really cool teen is Miley Diaz, who's... Um, the age, at the age of 11, she launched the 1000 Black Girl Books campaign, um, which was aiming to make sure that everyone had access to books that featured black girl protagonists. Um, so the idea came to her when she was talking to her mum and realising that so many of her books uh, featured white boys and dogs. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so instead of actually accepting it, she decided to change things up and find ways to add much needed diversity to the children's literature that people had access to. The now 13-year-old published her first book earlier this year called Miley Diaz Gets It Done and So and So Can You. So Imagine beautiful. being her parent as well. I, I feel like another girl. Um, it's already a number one bestseller at, on Amazon. Also, she's been on the Forbes 30 Under 30 list, so really feeling like I'm not doing much with my life. <laughs> right now. <laughs> well, speaking of the Forbes 30 under 30 list, Annie Ostergic is a 15-year-old high school student who was shortlisted this year. Annie is also a student researcher at the National Center for Women and Information Technology, which is a US-based nonprofit organization that works to increase the meaningful participation of girls and women in computing. Annie invented a better microwave oven and a system to collect solar power from indoor lighting and use it to charge batteries and met President Obama at the White House twice. Okay, I want to cancel this segment yeah. now. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it's, it's really important to talk about them, but it's, you know, making me feel uh, very unaccomplished. Um, <laughs> Hu Ran Ran is an 18-year-old filmmaker from China who made headlines both in China as well as the international press when she directed Escape, which is a film dealing with the journey of a young transgender Chinese teenager. With basically no production budget, she had the help of 37 students from her high school who made the sets and costumes themselves and shot the film mostly on school grounds. Her film was particularly bold considering recent guidelines from Beijing restricted on-screen depictions of the LGBTQIA plus community, um, and it created a huge online stir amongst Chinese netizens uh, despite the lack of a widespread theatrical release. Wow. Yeah, huge. That. That's such a massive risk as well to take, yeah. but incredible, so incredible. We're talking about inspirational teenagers this morning on Agenda. If there's anyone that you want to give a shout-out to, uh, please send us a text on 0409-945-945. There's a show uh, called Andy Mac that's currently airing on Disney Channel. I I kind of got into it when I was in America earlier this year, um, and I'm a little bit obsessed with it. It's <laughs> kind of weird. Uh, it's made by the... Um, um, creator of Lizzie McGuire. So you know that there's, yes, there's so it's quality content <laughs> coming up for you. Uh, but I want to shout out the lead actor in that, Peyton Elizabeth Lee. She's 14 years old. Uh, she's Asian American. And Andy Mack, the show, is just so important for so many reasons. I could go on about it forever. But uh, Peyton is so wonderful on it. Um, and such a nuanced depiction of like a, a 13-year-old girl on the show. Um, I really just want... At least one other person <laughs> to start watching Andy Mac, so I have someone to talk about. Okay, I'll uh, put it on my list so. of things to watch so that we can I'm on you, <laughs> discuss <Katie>. it. <laughs> Consider it done. Uh, up next this morning, we're chatting to Emma Rose Smith and Vanessa Lee to hear all about Unspoken Words, which is a festival by and for storytellers, which is happening on the 7th of September, kicking off on the 7th of September, I should say, at a bunch of venues around Sydney's inner west. 
Uh, stick around for that right after this brand new single from Sydney's Princey, formerly known as Kimchi Princey. It's called FYI. Language, bit of a language warning on this one. It's such a good track.
You're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio 94.5 FM and we're joined now by Emma Rose Smith and Vanessa Lee to hear about Unspoken Words, a festival by and for storytellers with performances, workshops, discussions and special events happening from the 7th to the 17th of September at various locations around the inner west. Welcome Emma and Vanessa. Uh, Can you tell us firstly a little bit more about Unspoken Words and the inception story of the festival? Sure. Mm, Sure, yeah, thanks for having us. Um, Yeah, so it's only in its second year now. We started last year, it was part of a creative writing residency that I did at the Red Rattler Theatre in Marrickville, fantastic community arts venue. Um, And then now we're uh, spread out, there's like 10 days instead of two. Um, And yeah, just really focusing on like things that are for storytellers. Um, And that has involved a lot of really great conversations with storytellers in our community and um, yeah, coming up with a kind of collaborative approach to what that might look like to have conversations about what like industry stuff, what what affects us with our creative lives as well as... um, you know, or someone's just put out a new book, great. Like it's, yeah, a different kind of conversation, I guess. And also like with the title Unspoken Word, it allows people to be much more creative and we don't have to follow some sort of status quo. We're much more open-minded and we're like, okay, come on, bring it on. Is the title a reference to things Mm. that people maybe don't talk about a lot? Yes. Mm. Yes, it is. (laughs) 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 It it makes people shudder. So the focus on uh, in 2018 is health and self-care. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how you approached the theme? Mm, totally. I mean, um, yeah, uh, it came about because all of us are in some way involved with um, community health or um, mental health um, in our own ways, in our, in our own lives. Um, and, yeah, just thinking about how that is a thing that isn't spoken about enough. Um, there's so much stigma um, and um, often I think as well in the arts, like you just you carry all this stuff, you're in unstable environments, you don't get paid very much, um, people aren't super supportive and yet you also are meant to be creating all these really kind of emotional works that that process things for people um and and yet there isn't really conversation about how that affects us as artists so um yeah that's that's where we're coming from with that one i feel like also yeah. uh in arts you're constantly delving into things that are quite deep and uh, like a lot of lived experience and there's maybe uh less of a support kind of structure around how to deal with some of those concepts yeah Yeah, there is and and like you know we're looking at like the social causes of people in 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 the world as well and like so a lot of artists they they sort of get confused or or they start going really deep into themselves and without realizing how deep they've just gone to create something and how much it has sort of pressured their own life and impact on 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 them and like we see a lot of um, artists with depression anxiety which artists have like one of the highest suicide levels for um, any workplace employment sort of um, discipline. So, so, so we're seeing that more in artists. And so, the whole thing was about bringing that to the forefront and just talking about it and saying, you know what, it's okay. Let's get over the stigma. Let's get over those assumptions. And like everybody's got some form of whether it's anxiety or depression or something they're dealing with as an artist or as an everyday person. So let, let's just face it. Let's talk about it and let's let's talk about what is out there to support each other. So, so important. Mm. Um, I, we'd love to know who else has been involved in programming Unspoken Words this year. 
Mm, yeah, well, there's four of us. So there's myself, Vanessa, and also Gabrielle Journey Jones and Will Roach. Um, yeah, and then we've been having kind of informal conversations with many other artists that we regularly work with as well. But yeah, that's the production team. Uh, going back to what you were just talking about in terms of mental health, the program, I'm really interested in the program finishing with a decompression event, which I feel like is quite an important aspect of mental health. Um, has there been a lot of consideration in programming these, like, I guess, that event specifically and these really intense kind of topics through a self-care lens? Yes, there has been. We've had um, once a week, I think we've been discussing this for several months now. And um, so we're also working with Are You OK? And um, Are You OK? are sponsoring some scholarships for us. And this decompressing decompression event is, is about people coming together and we're showing them what we do as well. We're talking about what is available in the community and how we actually work on our own resilience. So we change that. We can change that discourse so we're not working from a negative anymore. We're going to start taking that positive step as we walk away. What does a decompression mm. event look like? Um, I mean, for all of us, we were just talking about the need to just have a quiet kind of space where people can just kind of talk and share what they've been thinking about in the last few days in the program and like, yeah, uh, something that isn't a, um, a scheduled show, but like a space where people can come and go as they mm. please and just have those conversations um, about whatever it is that's going on in their lives. So yeah, so we landed on, um, we'll, we'll visit the um, Art Gallery of New South Wales and just a kind of unscheduled turn up whenever people want to come and have a coffee do some writing if that's what's on your mind but also just talk about like mm. you know what, whatever is in people's minds um, as humans so exactly yeah. and, and so and sort of this sort of event also inspires people to write more poetry mm. so if you want if that's how you're going to decompress and come and share that we want to hear what you have to say we want to hear how you're doing this and and how you're going to move forward in yourself and how what we've put forward to support you how it's going to help you to move forward and have that resilience and autonomy. That's so awesome. And it just goes to show how much you are both kind of contributing to community building uh, in the literary space in Sydney. So thank you so much for your work. Um, another really incredible event that's happening as part of the program is on September 8th. <clears throat> It's called Transcending the Narrative to a, Decol a Decolonial Future, which opens with a discussion about Because of Her We Can, which was the 2018 NADOC theme, uh, and ways to transcend the narrative to a decolonial future. Vanessa, you curated this program. Um, could you tell us a little bit about the speakers and a bit about where you hope the conversation might go? Okay, so the speakers include um, Ali Kobi Ekerman, um, um, uh, Willow Lamina, um, he's an Aboriginal artist, um, and Alison Whitaker, another Aboriginal artist. So all three are Aboriginal artists in their own right. Um, so the event is is looking at again changing that um, the deep the that negative discourse and approaching it in a much more positive way. At the I don't know if you attended any of the um, because of her we can events, but it was it was about um, it was a point where I, I actually sat there and I thought, why are we having an event to show that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander women are suddenly these powerful women and, and have a place in society when in Indigenous culture we've always had a place in society. We've always been equal to men. And all of a sudden, like Western culture puts us right down the, as the, 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 the most 
of the you know the bottom of the denominators in society and so we're seeing such an inequality in society for indigenous women and that's and i thought now every time i look around the outer world i'm seeing all of this really negative narrative about indigenous women and i thought no that's that's not how it is and or indigenous people and i thought we need to use this as a platform we need to change that narrative it's you know like recently we we saw um tony abbott put his hand up to be the new envoy of indigenous oh. people i mean what a joke yeah. Like, really? Like, whoa, come on. You know, his privilege does not allow that to happen. That's not okay. And, and you know, and that's where this narrative is going. And it, it's about changing that discourse and, and getting people to understand, like, you know, it, it's not okay to use your privilege for that kind of, oh, for any of that kind of sort of discussion or discourse or anything in that place. You know, that's where I want this, or I'm hoping that the conversation will go, but I don't know where the conversation will go. Um, I'm going to use some of um, Ujuru New Knuckles poetry to get to stimulate the conversation, and and the way it, the conversation goes for an hour and a half with this panel. So, and it's up to the panelists where it goes. But I'm hoping that um, it's I'm hoping that key people will listen in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if they don't, we can always send them the link to the podcast. <laughs> Um, what are some other personal highlights from the program for both of you? Oh, um, I'm really looking forward to the masculinity Ooh, session. Yeah. yeah can you tell us a bit about it? Sure. Yeah. I mean, um, so Will, the producer, is um, the one who's producing that session. So I don't know exactly the kind of inner inner workings of what's going on because he's in collaboration with the other two artists. But I know that it's very much about like talking about um, positive masculinity and um, ways in which um, that word can mean so many different things to so many different people of all genders mm. um, and how it can affect the lives of many of us and, and be not about, um, you know, w- without the word toxic in front of it. Like <laughs> what, what does that mean when we talk about actually um, masculinity as it affects the lives of various people? And, yeah, I just think I'm going to learn heaps. So <laughs> I'm really looking forward to that one. And he's got a good um, lineup of speakers mm. um, for that panel. And um, and I think that I, I agree with them. I think that's a really going to be a really exciting panel. Um, another another um, area that we're focusing on is small business. We offering artists um, a whole workshop on how to do small businesses, how to run their small business, how to do their tax, how to how to just create a web page, where to access things. So it, to alleviate some of that sort of anxiety around, oh, my God, what do I do now? I've created all of this stuff. What do I do? How do I, how do I promote it, um, mm. market it um, and in, in a safe space? So I'm, I think that's a really great event as well. And the other thing I'll say is... Um, the mental health stuff that we're doing with Are You OK and promoting those scholarships, you know, like, thank you, Are You OK, for donating these scholarships. It's it's so rare to have a, a suicide prevention mental health organisation coming on board and supporting an arts area, and I think they're here to stay. I think they're really keen. They, they see, when, I, when we spoke to them, they were very keen to um, help us to address anxiety and depression and reduce suicides in this space. So it's another area that I just think is fantastic and i think yeah it's just great mm, i've been reading through like all of the um the scholarship applications last night and this morning and they're just incredible we just we got so many people who were saying you know i'm an artist and i invented this initiative as a way to talk about mental health awesome. as it affects myself and the people who i care about and just like oh wow look at all of these <laughs> kind of really game-changing um really crucial work so 
yeah, it's just actually a privilege to read all of those applications in the beginning, let alone um, we'll be able to commission two new pieces of work um, from whoever receives the scholarships in the end. So, yeah, that's great and something that is kind of a way to make it still keep on going in the months after the festival too. So, yeah, we look forward to seeing those commissions. And we and we have some amazing lineup of speakers. Like we have um, Shirley Hood, mm. an Aboriginal comedian, and she's really funny. I don't know if you've heard her, but she's really funny. She'll be speaking after the panel on the 8th of September. And at the closing, we have, um, oh, what's her name at the... At the closing, yeah. oh, so many. So the closing night at the yeah, Imperial? Yeah, at, at the Imperial. Ooh, so who's performing? Mel Reed, That's who's it. like, oh, oh she's yeah. an incredible yeah, poet. So she's great. a great poet. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, she sure is. Yeah. Like, chills listening to her stuff. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And, and many more as well. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be so good. Yeah. Emma and Vanessa, <laughs> thank you both so much for coming in today mm. to have a chat about unspoken words. If you've just tuned in, the festival is taking place from the 7th to the 17th of September at various locations around the inner west. And if you want to find out more, just jump on to fbiradio.com forward slash programs and click through to agenda. All the info is up there for you. Right after this, we're chatting to Mariki Hill and Bryony Beckett, who are members of a roller derby team called Team Indigenous Dreaming. So to take you there, this is Sparrows with Over and Out. <laughs>
You are listening to Agenda on FBI Radio, and we're joined now by America Hill. Ooh, no more. <laughs> Sorry about that. Maricky Hill and Bryony Beckett, who are members of a roller derby team called Team Indigenous Dreaming. Uh, welcome. Thank you so much for coming on to Agenda. Uh, could you start by introducing yourselves, including what your roller derby names are? <laughs> um, so I'm Ricky. Uh, my roller derby name is Skinny Masochist. Um, yeah, I am a Dungari woman from the from Kempsey Way. Cool. So yeah, um, Brioni. Uh, my roller derby name is Tonya Harder because uh, I used to figure skate. So, yes. Um, <laughs> it was good this year when the movie came out and people actually got my name. So that was fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're ahead of the time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And yeah, so my family's um, from up in the Sherberg area in Queensland. You're going to have to excuse me with my like very uh, small amount of roller derby knowledge, <laughs> but does everyone on the team have a a name that they compete with? Is that yeah, yeah. pretty much? Um, there's been some people going back to their uh, birth names, but most people it has become a thing. Like it's always been a thing to have a different roller derby name. It's a different persona that you put on when you get uh-huh. on the track, kind of. Cool. Is that a thing that's specific to your team or it's everyone oh, no, does it's it? A, yeah, right. it's pretty much everyone. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. I, I told you. Yeah. I don't know much about roller derby, but that's great. <laughs> um, um, did you all have experience with roller derby before joining the team? Yeah, so the team itself kind of has sort of started up in the last, what, maybe 12 months. It's kind of been sort of brewing under the surface of people getting in touch and, and things like that. Um, and then, yeah, sort of the last few months really taking off. Um, so we've all been involved in roller derby in different sort of aspects, I guess, over the, you know across Australia because um, the team is sort of all based in, I think, most st- different states. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we're all, most of it's been online kind of chatting up until now and then we're all going to um, meet up and get to play together, which is really exciting. That's so awesome. So um, as I understand, your team, Team Indigenous Dreaming, comes from the original Team Indigenous, um, so uh, who played at the Roller Derby World Cup held in Manchester in February this year. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So that was started, I think, um during yeah last year because uh, there was so the roller derby world cup is where sort of teams from most countries that are that play roller derby will get together um and send a team along and yeah see who wins i guess um yeah. <laughs> and it was really exciting this year that they were able to put in a uh, team indigenous from again all different places from around the world to come together and and be on that world stage and have a presence within the sport as well um, so that was really exciting. Yeah, that was really, really exciting. Um, it's uh, Roller Derby started pretty much in the US, so a lot of them are US-based, um, but they had people from all, all indig- well, a lot of Indigenous backgrounds playing on their team, and that the representation there is just amazing. What's your favourite thing about Roller Derby? Hitting people. <laughs> no, that's what everyone says. Um, my favourite thing is is the teams, is the teams that I'm on. Every team that I've played for is, um, it's just, there's lots of bringing people up. There's lots of um, different uh, levels that you that you play at. So there's a lot of teaching and there's a lot of learning and everyone's there to improve and get better. And it's a lot of, 
you know, mostly women, making sure that women are just doing the best that they can possibly do, uh, which is a really amazing space to be in. Do you feel like being on Team Indigenous Streaming, uh, your experience through that differs to, to that of being on other teams that you've both been a part of in the past? I... It's some aspects. It's the same, and a lot of the times, it's it's also a bit different as well. Um, it's been fantastic that sort of yeah, we're, we've got people from all around Australia. So we had a big national titles with, um, in Adelaide in July. So a few of us were able to kind of meet up then, and that was a bit exciting um, to just sort of meet people. So, yeah, we haven't actually played together, so it'll be exciting to do that in October and see how that goes um, versus sort of when we play for our own teams that we have. Um, but, yeah, it's just a real sort of, as um, Skato was saying, you know, you've got that team um, sort of teamwork and, and I guess sort of building everybody up, and that's definitely what everyone in this team's doing as well. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about the history of Indigenous women in roller derby? Um, Indigenous women across the world um, have, like, I know that there are quite a few Indigenous women who have played in the States and, you know, and they've been around for years and years. And like, like uh, Harder said, it's only recently that they've like, no, we can do this. We can make a team together. And the ultimate aim is to get, like, a worldwide competition of Team Indigenous players um, competing against each other from different different um, continents, nationalities. Um, so, you know, there's been a lot of Indigenous players in the US, but then uh, when um, when a few of them came over here, um, one of our one of our members uh, met up with them and went, oh you know, are there any Australians representing on Team Indigenous? And they said no. So she put out a call, like, just on Facebook, you know, are there any Indigenous skaters? So this was uh, early early this year. Um, and, yeah, there was just this overwhelming response. Um, and there's not, like, there's not heaps of us, but we're here and we're representing and... It's it's really nice to know that. It's nice to have other people that you're like, oh, I'm not the only one. Um, I do know that there was a uh, Indigenous skater who played in the 70s, uh, Annie Lorraine Wheeler for Sydney Thunderbirds. I'm yet to meet her, but apparently she should be coming to um, Brisbane. Brisbane? Yeah. The tournament that we're going to. Uh, in October, so we're really excited about that. Oh, that's, that's super exciting. Yeah, yeah. that's so awesome. Um, you are currently raising funds to send the, th- the team to the Australian National Roller Derby Championships. Why is this important to the team and how can listeners kind of help out? Yeah, so that was a big part of the conversation, I guess, around having this visibility of Team Indigenous was that we wanted to sort of improve the... Um, accessibility of the sport because there's a lot of people who can't necessarily travel or get the equipment that they need so that's one of the things we're doing with this first sort of team fundraiser is that we've got a few members who are really keen to play and because the tournament is up in Brisbane we're able to then 
use some of that money to get them to be able to come where they wouldn't normally be able to play and participate. So that's really exciting. Um, and we're also giving 10% of it to the Lady Salento um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders Family Unit um, up in Brisbane. So that's part of the Children's Hospital. So that's really exciting as well. We can definitely pop a link up on the Agenda show page to where uh, the fundraiser is online. Uh, thank you both so much for coming in to chat to us this morning. If you'd like to learn more about Team Indigenous Streaming, just head to our program page at fbiradio.com slash programs and click on Agenda. This next track is from the brand new EP from TK Maitza. Uh, it's called Last Year Was Weird, Volume 1, which is such a great title. Um, this <laughs> one's called Growing Up to keep in, in theme of our uh, previous teenage uh, mention on Agenda this morning. Like I'm from Ikea He brought my shit in his car uh, uh. Say, say she jealous, I ha 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 Taking her not feeling low uh, uh. Whatever won't kill, leave a scar uh, uh. Love blowing up, I hate getting older Hate getting older, love blowing up Bigger the shoes, I ain't getting taller Inside I feel like I've grown enough Love blowing up, I hate getting older Hate getting older, love blowing up Bigger the shoes, I ain't getting taller Inside I feel like I've grown enough Moving too fast for you, moving too fast for you Life, put in my seatbelt on as I've been trying to do Life, moving too fast for you, moving too fast for you Life, put in my seatbelt on as I've been trying to do Life, when you start making excuses and start making changes Realize others will always try taking advantage And not every wound has a bandage Hijack the wheel like a bandit TK don't leave it abandoned In this day and age, no DNA interaction Cause internet's making us savage Owned up to tasks, forgot the distractions Took up the duty and put things in action Don't do no judging, I ain't no duty I put a show on like Mila and Ashton 70s, loving, nothing Growing up, I'm still a youngin' Head so long like I'm a lion I am learning secrets like I'm lying Love growing up, I hate getting older Hate getting older, love growing up Bigger the shoes, I ain't getting taller Inside I feel like I've grown enough Love growing up, I hate getting older Hate getting older, love growing up Bigger the shoes, I ain't getting taller Inside I feel like I've grown enough Moving too fast for you, moving too fast for you Like Putting my seatbelt on as I've been trying to do Right Moving too fast for you, moving too fast for you Life Putting my seatbelt on as I've been trying to do Right When I get older Put all the memories back in the folder And fold it all order that point I'll be loaded Forget who was holding me back that didn't work, I was focused Paid in a portrait with four tape recorder TK was bound to expose it Showed them no mercy, they noticed Always at minus, managers, lawyers I don't get careless All grown up swimming a tank full of shots So these dogs they can bark, it's just raising awareness Life full of lessons like Chopra Rolling in deep with the pack like I'm Noah Head caramel but I'm Coca If you don't know, now you know I Love growing up, I hate getting older Hate getting older, love growing up Bigger the shoes, I ain't getting taller Inside I feel like I've grown enough Love growing up, I hate getting older Hate getting older, love growing up Bigger the shoes, I ain't getting taller Inside I feel like I've grown enough 
moving too fast for you, moving too fast for you. Lights, put in my seatbelt on as I've been trying to do. Right, moving too fast for you, moving too fast for you. Lights, put in my seatbelt on as I've been trying to do. Right. was TK Meidzer for you uh, with Growing Up and you've been listening to Agenda on FBI Radio. If you are in Sydney this afternoon, Sydney Fringe Festival is kicking off their 2018 program with their official opening party, Fringe Ignite. It's curated by the one and only Thelma Plum and she's put together a pretty massive lineup of artists like Rebecca Hatch, Marcus Whale, Rainbow Chan and Milan Ring. Yes, yeah, a really great lineup and best of all, it's free entry, kicking off at 4.45pm across a bunch of venues including National Art School, UNSW Art and Design and Chingling. So head to sydneyfringe.com for more details about that. That is all we've got time for today on Agenda. We're going to leave you now with the latest single from Thelma Plum. It's called Clumsy Love. Weekend Lunch is up next with Ted Dwyer's so Stick Around and this one has a bit of a language warning. You could ever love me half as much as you could love yourself We'd have a big house and a big old tree for us and no one knows What's hiding behind those sad eyes? Don't start with those lies I can only love you twice as much before you fuck this up You're clumsy It's hard 